1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise. Today is a very important day. I'd like to begin today by saying Happy Mother's Day to every mother out there and to everybody who ever had a mother. Hmm, let's think about that one. Uh, happy Mother's Day to your your own mother. But uh, today's a very special day. Probably the most important person, definitely the most important person in my life when I was growing up was my mother. My mother was a really hard worker. She was a bookkeeper for most of her life. Uh, for a long time, she actually worked two jobs. She organized the household. She took care of three children and raised three children while... My dad was away for significant periods during World War II and the Korean War, and she was the sole caregiver. She valued education. She always had a very positive attitude. She was the organizer. She taught us religion. She made sure we went to church. We went to Sunday school in the summertime, and she loved to sing. Music was very important in her life. So... A lot of those things have had great influences on my life, and uh, I love music, I love to sing, and she was a very special person. She's not with us anymore, and I always miss her. And my youngest son, who's uh, Peter, you've heard him on the radio before, he still talks about my mother all the time. He called her Nana, that was her name to the grandchildren. So, good Sunday morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. And happy Mother's Day to you also, Tenny, because the one thing that you've provided in our family is two wonderful children, our daughter Catherine and our son Peter. And gosh, it all starts from there. You know, I think women are much stronger than men. Don't you think so, Tenny? Ah, you know that I do. <laughs> well, we have to say that anyways. Men have to say that. But it's true. I mean, But they have to believe it. But ask a man to give birth to a baby. See how he'd handle that, right? <laughs> well, birth is one thing, and raising kids is definitely another. They're both very difficult. That's true. Well, today we have something really unusual going on, because today, as we're broadcasting, this is Mother's Day. So once again, Happy Mother's Day to every mother who's out there listening. And it's a time then you can remember your own mother as well. But this is also National Nurses Week, which ends in just a couple of days. And boy, if there's ever a time in our lives when we have been thinking a lot about nurses and the medical community and what wonderful things nurses have done for us, uh, it's certainly right now at the time of this unusual coronavirus that we're having. And I've had some recent experiences myself with nurses helping to take care of me. And boy, they do good work. My, my brother has a son who's a nurse, and he's married to a nurse. So they have two nurses in the family. And they've been exposed to viruses and things that they haven't wanted to. But so far, everybody's doing well, thankfully. So a big congratulations to every nurse who's out there listening today or any of you who have a nurse in the family or, or somebody in the medical community in your family. It's a time to be grateful for that. So, Tenny, um, what's it like to be a mother? Is that a fair question to ask? It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> and it doesn't end just because the kids grow up. <laughs> no, um but that's that's okay. Kids kids are wonderful. Don't um, always quite grow up, do they? Um not always. There are times when we all want our mommy. Is it is an old uh, Jewish proverb that I have to give. God could not be everywhere and therefore he made mothers. Yes, I like that. Isn't that appropriate? I think yep. that's terrific. Well, for those of you who are celebrating Mother's Day, uh, do something for Mother's Day. Um, I, I've mentioned this before on the radio in the past when we've done Mother's Day shows, but the number one day in the country for telephone calls is Mother's Day. 
the number one day for collect calls where you can reverse the charges, I guess you can still do that, is Mother's <laughs> Day. I'm not sure Mother's you can Day. still do that. <laughs> I don't know if you still do that or not. But it's the number one day for telephone calls. So if you can't see your mother or wave at her from the street or do something, then at least call your mother and do something to remember her. So, uh, Tenny, um, what do you know about Mother's Day? Anything? I don't. I don't know when it was initiated. I don't know uh, whether it's a it's a national holiday. I guess right. Well, it's not exactly a holiday because we don't take time off um, on Mother's Day. Right. But it's a day that we do take time out to remember our mothers, and it's a day when people like to give flowers and send flowers and cards. And even some of those things are hard to do right now, aren't they? Right. So how did Mother's Day begin? Well, it began because mothers get tired of being ignored, so they invented Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, doubt it. No, Mother's Day actually um, began, believe it or not, back in the time of the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. And there was a Greek cult called... uh, Cybele, and there was a Roman festival of Hilaria, which I always thought was an interesting name because uh, it sounds like hilarious. But Mother's Day actually was celebrated a long, long time ago, and it ties in with some of the old um, recollections and remembrances of spring coming. Um, I actually have a lot of information. It's, it's had religious origins in the Catholic Church, uh, in the Greek Orthodox Church, in the Islamic religion, there isn't any particular concept of mothers, but mothers are held in very high regard. In Hindu tradition, Mother's Day is called Mother Pilgrimage Fortnight. So mothers have been revered and celebrated for a long time. Um, I'm not going to go into every country. I've got stuff on what every country has done on Mother's Day. I don't think you want to hear all that. No, but Mother's Day is celebrated in other countries other than the United States, I guess. Right. In uh, 1872, Julia Ward Howe asked for women to join in support of disarmament. And she asked that June 2nd in 1872 be established as a Mother's Day for Peace. So that's some of the origin in our own country. You know, I always wondered whether she was a relative because my mother's maiden name was Howe. Well, that could explain a lot of things, (laughs) I suppose. But um, I don't want to go into a lot of detail in the history because, you know, it takes up a lot of time. But it's important to do something for Mother's Day today. And some interesting trends are happening in our country right now. It's been happening for probably a good 10 to 20 years. And that is simply that there are more and more mothers who are not married today. Uh, It's become a a cultural trend. I also want to mention something about, well, I guess we can talk about some of the world's greatest mums, but I think every mum is a great mum when you think about it. Well, they are. I mean, motherhood is a difficult thing. It it takes a lot of time and care and concern and uh, intellect and all those other sorts of words. Well, even Abraham Lincoln at one point said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. And I could make the same statement. Um, I'm not going to get religious on this show. That's not the purpose of the show. But um, I can remember the prayers that my mother taught me. And uh, every night before we went to sleep, we had to get down on our knees and we, we said a little prayer. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. So I grew up... Um, basically with my father absent for a good deal of the time, and partly because uh, he was in the military service. He didn't see me until I was about two years old because he was in World War II at the time. Woodrow Wilson, president, actually proclaimed Mother's Day as a national celebration in May of 1914. Ah, that's what I was wondering. So it's a little over 100 years old. Yep, 160. Years today. Wow. And I've got quotes beyond quotes beyond quotes to give today. (laughs) But we're going to talk about more than just Mother's Day today. It is important. Um, 
Leonard, not Leonard, Leonardo DiCaprio said, my mother is a walking miracle. I think everybody who's listening has some wonderful stories to think about their mother, don't they, Jenny? Yes, I wonder what he meant by that. I wonder if she was ill or... But actually, most mothers are miracles because they handle umpteen things at the same time. We've always been really impressed with our daughter and daughter-in-law by the the things that they do in their work lives, in their personal lives. They're very creative, and they enrich the lives of their children. It's really a wonderful thing. Well, as I said, I, I grew up primarily with my mother raising me because my father was away at least three separate times while I was growing up, including, well, part of the time while I was in high school, he was... Uh, stationed in Okinawa for 15 months. So while I was in part of my sophomore year and my junior year in high school, he wasn't there. I had forgotten that he was stationed over there. That's right. I, I, we were always very proud of the fact that he was in uh, during World War II. He served in World War II and in the Korean War, and I had totally forgotten about Okinawa. Yep. So both my parents have had, obviously, influence on my life, but I have to say, without exception, that the primary influence on my life growing up was my mother. And she was there, and she did what she was supposed to do. She taught us the value of work. She, Everybody had chores in the family to do. Um, she did cooking, but my sister and my brother and I all did the cleanup and setting the table and doing the dishes. No dishwashers then. And we vacuumed, we cleaned the house. We had things that we learned to do. Those are valuable things you learn. Somehow over the years, you've sort of forgotten all of that. No, I still help clean up the dishes. (laughs) We don't want to get personal on this show, Tenny. (laughs) Just remember that. Well, uh, it is uh, historically a fact also that um, more and more there are single mothers uh, who are raising children. And maybe that's always been the case Certainly in World War II, it was the case when more men were away. But um, mothers are a great example, and they teach respect, which starts at home. Uh, They teach you to have manners. They teach you to learn things that are important. And surprisingly, mothers have more and more influence on family finances. So my own mother, for example, was a bookkeeper, but she ran the family finances, and obviously, when my father was away, she wasn't there to. Uh, he wasn't there to do that. So here's a quotation from Gordon Hinckley: uh, "We must never lose sight of the strength of the women. It is mothers who most directly affect the lives of their children. It is mothers who nurture them and bring them up in the ways of the Lord. Their influence is paramount." He was a minister, by the way, the fellow who wrote that. But. Um, Retirement planning and financial planning is critically important for women, isn't it, Tenny? It's more important, perhaps, for women than it is for men. Well, yes, since women are the heads of many, many families or uh, co-heads with their husbands, if, if the, those folks exist, they, they need to look out for their family. They need to protect the family and the assets, and therefore understanding what estate planning is all about, understanding the needs for various kinds of documents is really a critical thing for women to become involved in. Well, women also live longer. Women outlive men uh, typically at least three or four years on average longer than men do. So they have a longer life expectancy, and they're going to tend to be the people who will not only live longer, but will probably have more years in disability than a man will. A man will typically, you know, die more quickly, more suddenly, where a woman will live longer, and she's the one who's more likely to end up with nursing home concerns and and being concerned about having enough money to live on. So planning is critically important for women, much more so than it is for a man even. And I vividly remember that my mother did not do any of those sorts of things. Um, She was a very old-fashioned, traditional lady. She was the best cook in the world. She sewed clothes for my brothers and me. 
She kept the house spotless. She did all kinds of wonderful community work. She ran church fairs. But heaven forbid she should know anything about a checkbook. No, that she was didn't just know anything about writing checks. Not, not part of her knowledge. <laughs> and so when your father died before she did, that's right. she was in a fairly helpless position. Well, helpless in terms of, of how to... Um, how to handle checks, what was due, uh, what even things meant. I'm not sure she even realized what a real estate tax was versus a mortgage payment or anything like that. She just had never paid attention to that. It's critical that women become knowledgeable in those areas. Well, it used to be, too. I mean, I I can say this freely because I grew up uh, basically poor. My dad was in the military service and um, made very poor wages uh, in that situation. And even though my mother worked, uh, we didn't have a lot growing up. But it used to be that growing up with a, a single mother and single motherhood was something that was more attributable to people who were poor, didn't have many assets, or minorities. But that trend has changed. Now it's um, every every particular economic bracket that's true today. More and more children are born uh, and being raised uh, without a father. Did something happen to your microphone? No, I just hit one of the control buttons. Okay. I just want to remind everybody that we are um, doing our show from the offices of Lancelot Inc. and USA Wealth Group. We are at 352 Fonts Corner Road. We had a little bit of... um, well, I guess you can call it foresight, but we have been thinking for a while about doing the show in the office rather than having to go to the radio studio. And it's a good thing that we had planned to do that because the radio station itself has been shut down now for probably a good month and a half. And they're mostly broadcasting in from houses and doing that remotely. So there are many, many great women in this um, world We're going to talk about a few of them, and I want to mention that I was in the supermarket um, a couple of months ago before any of the pandemic started or anything else, and something caught my attention. There was a special Time Magazine double issue called 100 Women of the Year from 1920 to 2019, Uh, the leaders, innovators, and so forth. They did something really unusual. They had like five covers to this Time Magazine. They had... Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and then you turn the page, and there's another cover page of Princess Diana, and you turn the page, and there's Marsha Johnson, um, who was African-American, Margaret Chase Smith, and so forth. Very interesting issue. If you see this on the newsstand, you got to look at it. It really is a great issue. For every year, there is somebody chosen by time as sort of the woman of the year, and there's a write-up about each of them. So the the magazine is terrifically informative, very interesting. So here's a quotation from uh, Milton Berle. If evolution really works, how come mothers have only two hands? Now, how many of us remember Milton Berle? No, no, he was a comedian. Only people who are of a certain generation. Gosh, I guess he made it to television, but mostly he was a radio character, I believe. Yep. And then how about Phyllis Diller? Do you remember Phyllis Diller, Tony? Oh, she was terrific. Funny as the devil. I've used this before, but I like it. I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. (laughs) (coughs) Well, I have to say, that's not one of my choices of what I'd like to do. No, I can think I'd rather do almost anything else than to move in with one of my children. Exactly. Love them to death, but don't want to move in with them. Yeah. I'll give you one more quick quotation on on uh, mothers, and then we're going to move on to a couple of other things. This is from Rudyard Kipling, a famous, famous English poet and writer. Uh, he wrote The Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. He said, God could not be everywhere, and therefore he made mothers. Did I it was use that he already? who said that, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I'd heard it lots of times. I just didn't know who to attribute it to. Well, if um, here's a, my last quotation for a while on this. It's an unknown author. It's not easy being a mother. 
If it were, fathers would do it. <laughs> you know, I often tease my associate here, Michael, uh, attorney Michael Coleman, because he took the bar exam both in Massachusetts and in New York and passed in both of those places. And I tell him that taking the bar exam is worse than childbirth. So <laughs> <laughs> he can't relate. <laughs> I praise him for that. <laughs> Well, I want to mention a couple of quick things here um, before we get too further into the show. And let's see, we're, we're doing pretty good on time here. I want to mention that we're going to be doing some live webinars um, next week. One will be on uh, Wednesday, May 13th. It'll be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And Tenny is going to give a live webinar. It's only going to be about 15 to 20 minutes on how to protect your house and your primary assets from the cost of a nursing home. So again, it's Wednesday, May 13th at 2 o'clock. And you can visit lancelawinc.com to tell you how to go and visit that webinar if you'd like to see it. And we should emphasize again that our office is open and available for people in the sense that uh, we are. We do telephone conferences. If um, people have the equipment, we do um, live video conferencing, and we've got um, staff available to do anything that's needed for estate planning or real estate aspects of what we do. So give us a call if you have any of those issues. We are here to help you, and our phone number is five zero eight nine nine eight. Eight eight zero zero. Right. So um, that's a good reminder. I want to come back on that in a minute. But Wednesday, May 13th at 2 o'clock on uh, protecting your house and your other assets from the nursing home. It's going to be a live webinar. And then the following day on Thursday, May 14th at 11 o'clock in the morning, there's also going to be a live webinar by uh, myself, possibly, possibly Peter, on uh, protecting your retirement and securing your retirement. These are not going to be lengthy events, but I think they're going to be worthwhile. And give us a call for more details on how to get into it if you'd like to see this webinar. Uh, the call number for USA Wealth Group is 508-998-8858. We'll repeat this and again in, in just a couple minutes. I want to just echo what you just said, Tenny. We can be reached on the telephone. We can do a video conference. We can do it on FaceTime if you have an iPhone or an iPad or some kind of an Apple device. We can do uh, what's called FaceTime. We can also do a Zoom conference. We can initiate that for you. So we can do face-to-face -face and talk to you. Um, the state of Massachusetts now allows for remote notarization. So if documents are prepared that need to be signed, it's now possible to notarize them remotely. And you can do remote signings. You can do documents, prepare them. You can have them emailed to clients and things of that nature. There's ways to do that. We are also hopeful that somewhere around the 18th of the month, if the governor's uh, stay-at-home order expires, then we'll be open to doing conferences again in the office. And just to let you know when we do that, um, we will have a infrared thermometer that when you come in the door, you're going to be asked to have your temperature taken. It doesn't have to touch you. Make sure you don't have a temperature. Um, at least for some time, we're going to ask that you wear a mask. If you don't, we're going to give you a mask to wear. And we're going to be sitting at a table that will be six feet across. So it is possible fairly shortly we'll be able to see folks in person. We've got a lot of good information. So Mother's Day is today the day that you're hearing this broadcast. Hopefully you haven't forgotten. Hopefully you can do something to call your mother, remember your mother, leave some flowers on her front porch if you don't want to go inside, but whatever it happens to be. And thank the nurses since... Well, this is also an... National Nurses Week. Right. And it's ironic that it coincides with the time when nurses are being asked to do more than they've ever had to do before. It also, um, Nurses Week ends on Florence Nightingale's birthday. My goodness, what a lot of coincidental dates. 
So uh, National Nurses Week will end on May 12th, which is the birthday of Florence Nightingale. And she's the woman who's considered to be the person who really invented modern, invented modern nursing. Um, I think everybody's heard the name Florence Nightingale, but nobody probably knows what she did. She served as a manager, and she also trained nurses during the Crimean, Crime, Crimean War. Do you know when that was, Tenny? Uh, early 1900s. I don't know exactly when. Yep. Actually, it's a little earlier than that. It was uh, back in 1860. The uh, Crimean War? Yep. She laid the foundation of professional nursing. Uh, I can't tell you exactly when the Crimean War was. You'll have to enlighten me on that. She was uh, a British woman, and she did training, and she really established modern professional nursing. So International Nursing Day is celebrated on her birthday, and the International um, Week ends uh, on her birthday. All right, here's a Crimean War, Tenny. Uh, let's see. On October 21, 1854, she and a staff of 38 volunteer nurses that she trained, uh, and plus 15 Catholic nuns, um, were sent to go assist, and they were deployed about uh, in the Black Sea area from Balaclava in the Crimea, where the British camp was based. So the, Brit the British soldiers were fighting in the Crimean War. Well, and that's interesting. I'll have to read up on that. Yep. Tenny loves English history, and she loves history in general. I'm reading a wonderful book now on Victoria, uh, which was the basis for the TV show. History is just so interesting because if you don't study it, you're likely to repeat it with all of its difficulties. Gee, that sounds like a familiar quotation, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Those who forget the lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. Right. So uh, Florence Nightingale was also known as the Lady with the Lamp. And this is from the Times in London. She is a ministering angel without any exaggeration in these hospitals. And as her slender form glides quietly along each corridor, every poor fellow's face softens with gratitude at the sight of her. When all the medical officers have retired for the night and silence and darkness have settled down upon these miles of the prostate sick, she may be observed alone with a little lamp in her hand, making her solitary rounds. What's so, that from? That's a, an article that was published in the Times in London. Uh -huh. So she had quite a reputation, and that became her life, and that became her career. Uh, she raised money. She raised funds. Um, a Nightingale fund was set up. It raised 45,000 uh, pounds. pound is worth about um, $2 for each pound. So $90,000 back then, that's probably well over a million dollars today. So she was a famous lady. I, I would imagine that anybody who is a nurse today has heard of uh, Florence Nightingale. I would assume so. Can you imagine being a nurse in all those long petticoats and wide sleeves and all those other things? I can't imagine wearing them at all. Say nothing about moving around battlefields and field hospitals. Yow. They were probably bulletproof. <laughs> well, could well be. <laughs> well, let's talk about some 10 top tips, uh, money tips for women, including nurses. Don't rely on someone else like a husband or a boyfriend for your financial security. Educate yourself about money management and investing. And we've always said the same thing. And who said that? Oh, let's see. That That's not a particular quotation. It's just a general tip from uh -huh. an article that I have here it's that's so important. It's so true. Set goals. Set financial goals. If you don't have financial goals that you want to retire by a certain date or what are you going to do to make sure you have enough money to uh, live on? Um, don't use money to make yourself feel good. That kind of a high is fleeting. Instead, do things that will promote self-respect and creativity. You know, I don't know about other people listening, but I've discovered in even these few weeks of being around at home that I'm not using as um, 
I'm not using as much stuff anymore. I find that I could probably get by living on a lot less things than what you have right now. Spend less than what you earn. And that should be true all the kind, all the time. Uh, numerous times we've said on the radio that the average person in this country, more than 50%, 60% of the population, could not put their hands on $400 if they had to. It's been such a tough time lately. I just don't, don't know how everyone is getting by. Yeah, and the SBA fund is probably going to run out of money again as well. Uh, even today, I was looking at uh, information on uh, the financial websites, and they have so many requests for money. There's one program called EIDL. Uh, it's emergency money. And you are supposed to be able to get a loan of up to $2 million if you're a business. Uh, they've just announced in the last couple of days, because of such unusual demand for this money, they now have lowered that to $150,000 maximum for businessmen under that program. Not only that, but it was supposed to be available uh, as a second round of funding under the CARES Act for um, businesses. Um, the SBA took the position that that particular fund of money, about $60 billion, was only going to be available first to farmers. So even regular, ordinary businessmen couldn't apply for the money at all. And now they've lowered the amount from $2 million down to 150000 So I, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of need for the money and a lot of people who aren't going to be able to get it. And that's uh, serious. Um, if you're thinking about getting married... Make sure you know about the financial status of the person you're about to marry. Um, you don't want to be taking on somebody else's debt if you don't have to. You can wait until you're out of debt. You can do a prenuptial agreement. There's a lot of things you can do. I know you've done those in the past, haven't you, Tani, prenuptial agreements? We have for sure. And um, beyond that, we've recommended to people that they consider it. Most people... Um, I think, feel offended by prenuptial agreements because they think that, um, that that's putting some kind of onus on the, the person entering a marriage that they will be scrimy and try to take the resources of the other, which is not really the case. It's, it's a way of making sure that assets aren't squandered, that they go to the right people um, afterward and so forth. Well, there are a lot of planning tips that we can give. One is obviously, if you can manage to do so, um, get an education, continue your education. Uh, more than 50% of all marriages end up in divorce. So whether you're having a, a, a single live-together relationship or whether you're going to get married, half of the marriages are going to end up in a divorce. To the extent that a woman has the ability to uh, have an education and earn more, uh, she'll be much better able to support herself if she needs to later. You know, one of the things that I'm, I've mentioned before is that right now in law schools, uh, women comprise about 60% of the students in law schools. Yes, and, and what a change over time. I talked earlier in the program about my mother, who was just a wonderful lady, but very old-fashioned. She could never really understand why I wanted to go to college. And uh, unfortunately, she never even knew that I went to law school because she was deceased by the time I did that. But um, going to college is critical for everyone, I believe. Well, it is a fact that uh, the, the more education you have, the more money on average you're going to be able to make than somebody who doesn't have a degree. So that's certainly worthwhile. Build up an emergency fund. Most people don't have an emergency, emergency fund, as I just mentioned. And you need it. And and I shouldn't really emphasize college per se. What I mean is more people need to keep themselves educated and up to date with, uh, with things. They need to learn a skill of some type. Um, college is one way to do that, not the only way. We're very uh, proud of the fact that our grandson was just accepted at New Bedford Volk. And, um, you know, in the in not all that many years ago, Volk schools were considered uh, not the greatest places to attend education. But boy, now they are so competitive. People uh, have to have to compete to get into them. It's a great 
way of building your skills. Well, certainly uh, not everybody needs to go to college, and it's not for everybody. Um, but in fact, a lot of the students who go to Vogue School go on to college as well. Absolutely. So, for example, I know Tyler is interested in learning computers and studying computer science, and he yep. wants to have a base at, at Vogue and then maybe go on to school after that. Yep. Princess Diana once said, Tenny, a mother's arms are more comforting than anyone else's. That's nice. Yep, it nice is nice. Nice lady. And it's true. Um, so I certainly have had very positive memories of my own mother, and I dare say you have as well. Well, yes, I have also, but just think of the differences in the way that both you and I uh, experienced our childhood, because my dad was always working all the time, just like your dad was away overseas. But he came home at night, and he was part of the disciplinary force in the household. And and you were really, truly raised by your mom. Yeah, no question. Uh, a gentleman named Reed Markham once said, Mothers can look through a child's eyes and see tomorrow. Yes. And then I have one more unknown quotation. It says, it is such a grand thing to be a mother of a mother. That's why the world calls her grandmother. <laughs> and how we love our grandchildren. Yeah, they're fun. Um, sometimes um, it's been said that grandparents get along better th th with their grandchildren than they do with their own children. Do you know why that is, Denny? Tell me. Because they have a common enemy. <laughs> you have to think about that one for a little bit. <laughs> oh, well. We well, won't go there. No, let's move on. I, I do want to remind folks uh, once again, though, that on um, next week on Wednesday, May 13th at 2 o'clock, uh, Tenny's going to be doing a live webinar. It's only going to be 15 to 20 minutes, and the topic is going to be how to protect your house and your other assets from the cost of a nursing home. So Wednesday, May 13th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, a live webinar. And um, visit our websites for more information about how to do that, lancelawinc.com. We'll have that information up for the next day. And, um, and if you've been hesitating because you thought everything was closed up, but know that you need some documents in place, Please don't hesitate to contact us. Our offices are available to you if you need uh, durable powers of attorney for property or health care documents or trusts or wills or whatever. This is a very important time to get those documents in place. Give us a call at 508-998-8800. Tenny Sam Levinson once said, Insanity is hereditary. You get it from your children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could have been the case many times in yeah, our all, children growing up. Yes. Lots of interesting quotations. Here's, here's another one, which is from Anonymous. Mothers of teens know why some animals eat their young. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one. Oh, teenagers are, are difficult and wonderful. Yeah, I, I think somehow, I don't know. You know when people do uh, fencing with swords and they they wear these big heavy masks over their face? Yes. So they can't get their faces hit by the uh, the swords. Maybe teenagers should wear one of those during their teenage years. What do you think? Maybe the parents should wear them. Maybe the parents should wear them. You're right. <laughs> well, I'd like to give a, a special uh, thanks again to um, anybody listening who's a nurse, who's been seen recently by a nurse, who has a nurse in the family. Gosh, they do special work. Um, they put themselves at risk all the time. They're certainly at risk in being exposed to dangerous working conditions right now. And they must have a special thing inside them that allows them to be giving to other people. You know, I'd, I'd put teachers in the same category as well. Don't you think? Absolutely. Um, you have to be uh, somebody with lots of compassion and care to do either of those professions. So do you have other money tips there that you want to say besides uh, build an emergency fund? Um, certainly do an estate plan. 
We've talked to people recently. I think people are more aware now of the fact that they need to do things like life insurance. Life insurance is fairly affordable, more so than what people realize. And yet a lot of people put it off and say, I'll wait until later, and then maybe they won't become, they won't be uh, insurable. And life insurance can do a lot more things than simply um, make certain that your kids are taken care of as they grow. They can be, life insurance can be used for all kinds of estate reasons. Right. I'm going to give a couple of tax tips in a minute as well. Um, for those of you who have a traditional IRA, I want to simply mention that this could be a, an excellent time right now to think about maybe converting your traditional IRA into a Roth. Um, so let me start out with a couple of quick reasons why that would be the case. Uh, for one thing, we know that our government is spending an enormous sum of money right now, trillions of dollars are being pumped into the economy for SBA loans, for unemployment, for extra uh, weekly checks, for the uh, stimulus check payments that have already gone out to many people. So the government is incurring massive debt on top of the massive debt that we already had. That has to get paid back at some point in time. And for some reason, my something's beeping. Oh, uh, my son is beeping. Uh, why don't you send him a quick message that we're in the middle of recording the show and we can't talk right now. Uh, he should know that in his calendar, maybe. But anyway, we are incurring this massive debt in the country. And um, you may want to think about doing a Roth conversion right now because the tax rates are the lowest right now that they've been in years. And under the 2017 tax bill, the tax rates are automatically set to go back up in the year 2025. That's going to happen, number one thing. Number two, you're not required to take a minimum distribution this year, which means instead of taking your minimum distribution, you could think about converting your IRA over into a Roth account instead because you have to pay some taxes. Use part of your money to pay the taxes on that. Number three, if you are invested in things like stocks or bonds or mutual funds in your IRA account, they're depressed in value right now. So when you convert them over right now while the stock market is down, then you're going to be paying less taxes on the conversion. And yet those same assets could remain, and when they go back up in value, they're going to go back up in value inside the Roth account. When you have a Roth account, you're not required to take minimum distributions in the future. So there are just lots and lots and lots of good reasons that if you are thinking of taking an existing traditional Roth, excuse me, an additional traditional IRA account and converting it to a Roth, this is the time of year when you really ought to get some advice about doing it. And if you want to make an appointment and talk to me about that, we'd be happy to go into it in more detail and see if it makes sense for you. And again, just call me at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858. And again, we are doing telephone conferencing. We're doing video conferencing. So don't be concerned that you can't actually reach us. Although our phones may be on answering, we get back to you very quickly. Yeah, I've actually been more busy now than I was before. I know. Yeah. Of course, that's partly due to the fact that I've got people who are not working in my office right now who are working from home, help. I need help. A gentleman named Steve Ann, Stephen Ambrose once said, it would not be possible to praise nurses too highly. So, true. True, true. And um, a couple of other quotations I had uh, that I wanted to give. I was looking for, I had some quotations on nurses, but there weren't a huge number of what I thought were suitable nurses. Um, if I find one that I like to use, I'll use it. But in any event, um, here's a quotation from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Do you know who he was, Tenny? He's a famous writer in the 18th century in America. There was never a child so lovely, but his mother was glad to get him to sleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's true. As much as we like our children, isn't it fun when they finally go to sleep sometimes? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the ladies in our office is a mother, has a fairly young child, and we try to do staff meetings by video conferencing at least once a week. Well, she always has to try to figure out now how to get her little girl to sleep when we'd want to do these conferencing. So it's tough to be a mother, but wonderful. Yep. Ralph Waldo Emerson also said, men are what their mothers made them. And I think there's a lot of truth in that too, isn't there? That's true, yes. Yes, you are, you are a lot like your mother. You're very generous. You're very happy. Good man. Well, thank you. I wasn't fishing for anything. I was just, but I cared about my mother. I liked her a lot. She was she was cool. Um, she was fun. Um, she t- was that. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, she she liked nothing so much as maybe one beer. She didn't drink a lot at all, but she loved one beer and she loved to laugh. And the combination was just terrific. <laughs> you know, the other thing, you take, we were talking earlier today uh, on the show, Tenny, about the fact that women end up typically alone. Uh, my mother was divorced later in life. Um, she had a military allotment for a while, and then my father died, so she didn't get that any longer, I don't think. I can't remember. But at the end of her life, she only had Social Security check coming in, and it really wasn't enough for her to live on. And... Um, but we had such high regard for her that we ended up having her come and live with us. And she lived with us actually for about 16 or 17 years in Dartmouth. But we should qualify that we were very fortunate at that point to have a little cottage in our backyard that she could live in. Yep, it was um, a chicken it, coop it, that had been converted. I still think that, well, it wasn't a chicken coop. It was larger than that, but nevertheless... Um, I still think it is very difficult for people to live with their children. Yep. Well, she lived in this little cottage. It was a one-bedroom cottage, just enough for her. It was perfect size. And every time we walked out our back door, we could see her and her back door. And um, our son Peter takes great pride and fond memories of the fact that she would be at the door every morning to watch him go off on the school bus when he was in school. He said yep, she would always wave, always smile. Yep. He said he used to get annoyed at it sometimes, but later he really valued it and appreciated it. So she was a great lady and it was it was our special privilege that we were able to help take care of her since she took care of me. Right. And so remember your mother and do something today. And I want to give you some quotes from Eleanor Roosevelt said, It isn't enough to talk about peace, one must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. I have a, some special books I've bought periodically. Well, this is called Great Quotes from Great Women. And it's just quotations from women. So here's a quotation that you have probably heard before, Tanny, from Eleanor Roosevelt. But you probably didn't know it was she that had said it. It is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. That is a wonderful quote, and I did not know that she had made that statement. She was such a terrific lady. Didn't have originally a lot of confidence in herself, had a tough childhood, had a tough marriage with Franklin. But, boy, she believed in herself. Yep. And uh, Helen Keller, you've heard of. Helen Keller um, had a severe illness in infancy. She had left her blind, uh, without hearing, without the ability to speak. But she learned, and she lived a long life, and she was a real inspiration. And she once wrote, Alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Another inspirational person. Rosa Parks. Remember who Rosa Parks was? She was a lady who was the very instrumental in the civil uh, desegregation civil rights movement in the yep. South. Um, I think she was one of the ladies who was on the uh, the bus and refused I was to get say, off. She, that's, that's right. She would not sit at the back of the bus. Forcibly. She wrote, I would like to be remembered as a person who wanted to be free so other people would also be free. Just really some great 
quotations from great ladies. Yep. We've been talking a little bit about it's incredible to me to realize um, with a short period of time women have had the right to vote in this country. It's only going to be 100 years this August that women have had the right to vote in this country. And something you told me the other day was I, I found truly amazing, that it took women 70 years of lobbying and uh, marching and all kinds of other to-dos to get that right to vote. It's, it's just incredible. And it was men who denied them that right to vote. That's right. So when was our revolution in this country, Tenny? 1776, thereabouts? Well, it started in 75, but yep. And then 1789 is when we had our first uh, constitution. constitution. So 1789, we had the Constitution. From 1789 all the way up until 1920, women did not have the right to vote in this country. That's shameful. That's as much discriminatory as it is against any discrimination against uh, African Americans and minorities and so forth. So no. if, if you are a woman... Um, Make sure you register to vote and make sure you exercise your right to vote because you've only had that right for 100 years, which is amazing. Yep. So here's Susan B. Anthony. Um, we've got about two more minutes to talk very briefly. Uh, Susan B. Anthony was a pioneer leader of the uh, women's suffragette movement in this country. And she said, I declare to you that women must not depend upon the protection of man, but must be taught to protect herself, and there I take my stand. Got a lot of other quotes, but we're not going to have time to read them today. Bravo to her, yeah. and happy Mother's Day to everyone in the audience. So today we're celebrating mothers and motherhood. We're celebrating nurses. We're celebrating the fact that this year is the anniversary of the centennial the 100th anniversary of women's right to vote in this country and it was as Tendi said it took years and years and decades for women to get that right to vote so you've earned it you deserve it and make sure you exercise it very important come to one of our webinars come tune into one of our webinars uh, this coming week Wednesday May 13th at 2 o'clock on uh, protecting your assets from the nursing home and Thursday, May 14th at 11 o'clock in the morning on protecting your retirement and securing your retirement. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Tenny, for being the mother of our two children. And I think you've done a fine job with that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Do something nice for your mother today or remember her in some fashion. And thank you. We'll be again with you next week on the radio.